All right, this is the Screenwriting Life. This is Meg Lafove. I'm here with producer extraordinaire Jeff Graham. Just he and I today. I talk to you guys a lot about lava and put your lava in your work. And I'm just sitting in a pot of lava today on this week. And I thought, okay, let's just go on air real quick with you guys and talk about it and kind of an experience that I had that I wanted to share with you guys. I think it's relevant to artists, um, but also just to be vulnerable and uh, share with you because I keep asking you guys to do it. So here I am doing it. Um, I'm wrapping up a project and uh, it's by choice. I'm a little bit burnt out, but it's also the project is moving on. When, whatever stage you're at when a project ends, maybe it's because you finished the movie. Maybe it's because you sold the script. Maybe it's because you were writing and they're bringing in another writer. Maybe it's because there's a million reasons that we as artists and writers can be done with a project. Um, maybe you've decided just to, to, you know, that you, it's not for you anymore, that you've grown past the project and you're going to, put it in a drawer for a while. Uh, but whenever you ha hit this place, sometimes it can feel like mourning. It can bring up a lot of lava, um, especially if the the circumstance around it is maybe, you know, triggering or um, touching on or, or kind of illuminating something from your past, your childhood that was challenging. Um, in my case, uh, and this is the lava bit, I um, I pretty much grew up next door to my family until I was seven years old. Um, my mom had five kids. She had been an only child. She had five kids all under the age of eight and was just completely overwhelmed. And there was a elderly neighbor couple next door who had never had children. And I just somehow ended up living there. I don't know. <laughs> this was this was like before people thought about these things, I guess. Um, you know, my brothers and sisters were very jealous of me. Um, but, it, you know, looking back, I can see that I didn't really understand at that young age why I wasn't part of my family. Like what was happening? Why wasn't I living over there with them? Um, you know, listen, it was great to live uh, with the Halls as they became known that the, the, the couple's name, they be, kind of became my adopted grandparents. You know, I got to eat anything I wanted. I had toys over there. She made my clothes. I mean, I literally slept over there. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember my mother saying when uh, I was older, well, you know, you just seem so happy. So <laughs> so whenever I end a project, if the project is continuing on without me, I can get a little bit wiggly because it's starting to churn up a lot of my lava about being left out or kind of not part of the group anymore abandonment I guess I don't know so um I this particular round has been very very hard for me and I'm surprised at the depth of it um I'm honestly from a kind of intellectual frontal lobe part of my body completely fine with it I'm actually relieved and um, excited to move on to other projects that are cooking, but there's some part of me that's just pulling and pulling me down. And um, number one, I have to give myself space to just feel this and be in it, um, maybe take advantage that it's up and walking around to kind of heal that part of myself. But the reason I wanted to do a show about it too was I had this experience where art uh, and somebody else's storytelling actually helped me so much. Um, so I wanted to share that with you guys. And it also happens to be a creator that is a 
uh, Jeff is also a huge fan of. Um, so I just, I feel like this is the universe at work too, you guys. Like I randomly, totally spontaneously, a friend of mine said, do you know that Sunday in the park with George is playing up in Pasadena? And I was like, no, I think I remember loving that. I don't remember anything about it, but I just remember loving that when I saw it 20 years ago. Let's just go. And we just spur of the moment bought tickets and we went and um, it is all about what it feels like to make art. And it's so insightful for all of us out there doing this creative manifestation um, that I just wanted to take a beat and go through my experience of this beautiful musical and um, walk you through it a little bit because I think it might help if you ever get to this spot or just some things to think about when you're on this journey manifesting art, um, you know, I, because I'm who I am after I had this experience, I went and looked at a lot of Sondheim um, interviews and one of them, he started in such a beautiful way, which is really what Lauren and I talked to you about a lot on the show um, is why he created this show. So let's start there. One of the show above all to tell people that, Art is not an easy thing to do. There is a natural myth about the artist. I had it myself when I was a kid, that you sit in your room, whether you're a composer or a painter or a writer, and wait for the muse to come. And I've heard people say, oh, so-and-so is so talented, as if all they had to do was get up in the morning and the painting was made or the, or the song was written. And they don't understand that it's exactly as much hard work and maybe harder than making a shoe or anything that you make out of nothing. So, you know, how many times have we talked to you guys about this? And there's the genius. It's hard for him, too, you guys. This guy has he changed theater. He changed the way we receive stories in the theater. And he is saying the exact same thing to you. Um, you know, I read that he his the time he liked least was when he had to take a song he wrote and uh, have the have the actor sing it for the first time. He would avoid that. He would just put it off and put it off because suddenly, right, there's the chasm. What's, what's in his head and handing it over to somebody else and letting it come back. He talks about how he has to know and be able to explain to the actor every single word and why it's in there, you know. So just an incredible creative talent. And in this particular show that he did with James Lapine, let's not leave out the writer um, uh, of the of this beautiful musical, Um you know, it starts kind of where he, where he's starting right here in this interview about, you know, the blank page and how do you what do you do and how do you ever um, start? And it's a beautiful song. You guys should listen to it. We're going to play some other songs today, but about how to start a creative journey. Um, and then in the in, and if you don't remember or know this play, just to this musical, just to remind you, it's all based on a painting by George Seurat, which is pronounced Seurat, if you're not American, <laughs> um, which is, um, and that he was a painter who, from far away, it looks like solid color, but if you get close up, it's all just dots. It's all just dots that he's layered on top of each other to actually create color. So you might think that her hat and the flower... You might think that her hat is black, but he didn't use any black paint at all. And you might think that her flower on her hair, on her hat, excuse me, um, is a certain color, but it's actually, uh, you know, 12 colors all put together that forms this vibrant color when you look at it. Um, 
So he there's this wonderful song about creating art where the painter is kind of doing what we talk about on the show. Um, George Surratt is having to not go and hang out with his girlfriend, basically. Uh, and she's pretty pissed about it because he's working and he's doing his art. And just how important that process is to do and that we do have to sometimes go into a bubble. We have to go into this sacred space and give up other things. And I did have that experience on this project that I'm um, finishing up. It really was a bubble that I went into and it was a privilege to be in the bubble, um, but it was an intense bubble and it was about wanting to get it right. Uh, and so um, this is also a favorite song of Jeff's, right, Jeff? You're here with me. Yeah, I, th I think you're talking about finishing the hat, which is yes. I think it was also Sondheim's favorite song that he wrote, and his first memoir is called "Finishing the Hat." And um, let's play a little bit of it, just because it's such a lovely song. And then I think I have a couple thoughts about it, but let me play it just so um, folks can hear. Finishing the hat. How you have to finish the hat. How you watch the rest of the world from a window While you finish the hat Mapping out a sky What you feel like planning the sky What you feel when voices that come through the window Go until they distance and die Until there's nothing but sky And how you're always turning or the stick of the dog of the light How the kind of woman willing to wait Not the kind that you want to find waiting To return you to the night Dizzy from the height Coming from the hat Studying the hat Entering the world of the hat Reaching through the world of the hat Like a window I could kind of listen forever to that song. It makes me emotional. It's just so good. Um, but what I love about this show is it's about obsession and we talk about want and, you know, you were mentioning it, but Sondheim to me, like fundamentally changed the art, like the art form of American musical theater, because up until now, everyone was writing about love and romance and, you know, nice things. But, you know, he co-wrote West Side Story. And like that was one of the first shows to talk about gang violence on American Broadway. Then it became one of the most important American movies of all time. But Sunday is actually my favorite Sondheim show because I see the most of Stephen Sondheim in the show. It's about an obsessive artist and everything that you have to give up. But this song is also about the beauty and the reward of siphoning off some of those other things that people yearn for, because the process, not only is the process of creation so gratifying, but as an artist, it's, I mean this in a good way, it's kind of that sickness that we have, right? It's the only, it's it's in us and it has to get out. And I just feel so seen by this song um, where it's, you have to finish the hat, there's nothing else. And I just think it's it's so gorgeous. I read that somebody, gosh, who was it? Maybe it was Josh Whedon. I can't remember who said that when they were young, they played this song for their parents to try to explain to them who mm -hmm. they were and what they wanted to do in the world. Um, so that was really impactful when I went to the show and I was like, oh, wow, he's talking about me. He's talking about this experience that I just had for years on this project. 
Hey everyone, so the new version of Final Draft, Final Draft 13, is out. And you know, the question's going around, is it worth it? Is it worth it to buy or upgrade? And our answer is yes. So I recently got notes on a pilot and I wanna see how it works in my rewrite to move a couple of scenes. And usually what I do is, you know, cut and paste, uh, which works out sometimes, but mostly it means I lose text because I move so quickly. But the new version of Final Draft has this cool feature called Navigator 2.0, where you can actually just move scenes around right in your script. So without losing something, I can see what's working, what I'm missing, or what needs to be rewritten, or you know, if I have to lose the scene altogether. But it's really, really helpful. And what's most important to me about this is that I'm not losing anything. Woohoo! Yes. I am laying out a new project, and I want to card it. And I can now do that inside of Final Draft, and it's now a super easy way. You can take those cards and then make them into an outline with a simple drag and drop. So it's just a great way to see the larger story that you're writing and get down the details, track characters. I just love it. And for our emerging writers, a great new feature is Final Draft lets you set writing goals like page count or timed writing sprints, which is super cool. So uh, we think the new version is really worth uh, investing in. So you can head over to finaldraft.com slash products to get the new version with a discount code of ScreenFD for 25% off. You should check it out. That's ScreenFD. S-C-R-E-E-N-F-D. And then there's another really fun song that we're going to play a little clip of about um, the other side of it that we also talk about on this show, which is the politics and the business and the social side of it, because you don't get to just be in your bubble alone. Um, sometimes to even have the bubble, if you're a writer director, you're going to have to go out there and raise funds. If you're a writer, you're going to be out there pitching, trying to get the job. But also once you get the job, there is a lot of politics involved in um, just the act of creation, you know, in terms of um, working together, in terms of it, the director's the director and, and your job is to support them. And, you know, finding the place for your own creative art within that context. Um, there's studio executives, there's money being spent, there's all kinds of things that still go into the writing process that um, when um, for the writers who are pros out there listening that you know very well, and for the emerging writers, you will know very well, it's a whole other skill set to, to learn and that um, you can't really, you can't really do this without it. Um, he talks about that a lot. Um, how if if you if you want to be a musical theater you're going to have to do this and i'm telling you if you want to be a professional writer you're going to have to do this so let's just listen to a little bit of that song art isn't easy even when you're hot. Are these inventions of yours one of a kind? Advancing art is easy. Yes. Financing it is not. They take a year to make. A vision's just a vision if it's only in your head. The minute he finishes one, he says, raise the money for the next. If no one gets to see it, it's as good as dead. Work, work, work. It has to come to light. I put the names of my contributors on the side of each machine. Some very impressive people. Well, my family has a foundation, and we're always looking for new projects. Bit by bit, putting it together. Piece by piece, only way to make a work of art. Every moment makes a contribution, every little detail plays a part. Having just a vision's no solution, everything depends on execution. Putting it together, 
that's what counts. Actually, the board of the foundation is meeting next week. Ounce by ounce, putting it together. You'll come to lunch. Small amounts, adding up to make a work of art. First of all, you need a good foundation. Otherwise, it's risky from the start. Takes a little cocktail conversation, but without the proper preparation. Having just the vision's no solution. Everything depends on execution. The art of making art is putting it together. So that's a super fun song, right? Like, it's a very positive way to look at it, right? Like, he could have written that song and been like, the devils, and why do I have to do, you know, kind of what we think sometimes, why do I have to do this? And, um, you know, all kinds of things about, and, but he didn't. It's the reality. And he, that's what the, I think the genius of the song is, is a kind of acceptance mm-hmm. of this is part of the creative, uh, this is part of the craft. Um and then, you know, where my lava came up and sitting in this theater next to my son, Julian, my special needs kid and um, my friend, Annie, um, at the end of the of the show, George's great grandchild is also named George. And he's stuck creatively. Um, and as a matter of fact, he feels like he has to change his art. He needs to find a new project. He's feeling kind of lost uh, artistically. And um, he's in the park where his great grandfather painted this famous painting. And I guess you could say the ghost or the, the, the visualization of the woman in the painting comes to him and they, uh, and she has a message for him. And I, you guys, I sat in this theater and I cried and cried and cried. I'm going to cry right now. Uh, I felt like, Oh, the universe sent me here to hear this song, that this is what I need to do where I am right now, not just with this project that I was on. It it is about that for sure. Uh, All the words in the song, she could be, and they could be singing to me about this project. Um, But also that lava part of me, that little girl who lived next door, um, I could be singing to her too. So this song we're going to play in full. So here's my lava song, you guys. And uh, it was a ladder out and it's a ladder in at the same time um i've listened to it i don't know a hundred times since we walked out of that theater and it's just really helping me process so i thought i'd share it with you guys something new no i'm not working on anything new that's not like you george i've nothing to say you have many things well nothing that's not been said said by you i do not know where to go not at all i want to make things that count things that will be what am I to do? Move on. Stop worrying where you're going. Move on. If you can know where you're going, you go. Just keep moving on. I chosen my world was shaken. So what? The choice may have been mistaken. That choosing was not, you have to move on. Look at what you want, not at where you are, not at what you'll be. Look at all the things you've done for me. Opened up my eyes, taught me how to see. Notice every tree. Notice every tree. Understand the light. Understand the light. Concentrate I want on to move on. 
I want to explore the light. I want to know how to get through, through to something new, something of my own. Move on. Move on. Move on. Something in the light, something in the sky, in the grass, up behind the tree. Look at all the things you gave to me. Things I haven't looked at till now, flower in your hand, and your smile, and the color of your hair, and the way you catch the light, and the care, and the and the life moving on. We've always been on together. We will always build on together. Just keep moving. Anything you do, let it come from you, then it will be new. Give us more to see. So through that whole song in the theater, I sobbed and sobbed and my son <laughs> reached his hand out and just held my hand. Um, There's just so much in there for me. Um, both in terms of, you know, letting go of, of one project, trying to think God will I ever be inspired to do anything else, all the doubts and worries coming in um, about new projects and uh, also the deep desire and want to do something um, of my own. Um, you know, I love when she sings, stop worrying if your vision is new, let someone else make that decision. They usually do move on. You know, so many of us don't start because we're so worried about if the vision, is it new? Is it unique? Is it good enough? And she's, she and the creators are saying, yeah, that's not your job, right? Now she brings him back to inspiration by saying, look at what you've done. And I do need to do that. I could feel it in the theater. Like I've done something right. Mm. And then when she says, <clears throat> you know, he, she's bringing him back to inspiration with light. Right. And um, when she says, um, we'll always be together. Like part of me is like giving up a piece of myself to move on from this project. But, you know, I'll always be, me and the project will always be together in what I created, even if it changes and it will change because this is the art form we're in. I don't get to paint a painting and then it's done. Lots and lots of other artists are going to come in and create an own unique thing. And that will happen to every writer. You're going to hand your scripts off to other people to direct and 
Um, you're going to hand them off to all kinds of creative beings who are going to come in and manifest that. But you will always have that script you wrote, even if it changes. You will always have that experience and you will always belong to that and you, it will belong to you. And then, of course, you know, when she ends it by saying anything you do, let it come from you and it will be new. Give us more to see. You know, that is the philosophy of this show, you know, and it was like, oh, right. <laughs> I have a whole podcast about this with Lorian and Jeff, like, you know, singing it back, you know, Sondheim and James Lapine are singing it back to me that we are all of us, myself and Lorian and Jeff and Savannah uh, and everybody who's listening. We are part of a sacred troupe uh, of artists and uh, we're all on the journey and we all have to go through these steps through this process and it will bring up the lava, just the process itself of art. Uh, and and uh, Sondheim and James Lapine, look, they made a whole musical just about it, just about this process. And um, I just wanted to share it with you guys because uh, it really deeply, deeply affected me. And uh, I'm always telling you guys to sit in your lava. So I'm sitting in mine and was given this little lifeline of this song and this show. And so it's just something I wanted to share with you guys. I, the thing I first of all, Meg, thank you so much. It's like such a gift just for, I'm not to make any of this about me, but I just got like the final QC approval on the movie. So I've been like making excuses. Like I've been like changing a frame and being like, I'm still working on the film, but I'm fucking not like, it's been done for months. And it's just yes, been like, it's done. it's done. And like literally today I like the email was like, it is done. Um, so it's, it's, it's the terror of starting something new um, too. And but I think what I love about this show, and first of all, I think Stephen Sondheim would have loved our podcast, don't you? <laughs> like I just, he might have, who knows, he might have listened to it. But um, I think everything you're saying where he's speaking to artists, it's like a reminder that he was also speaking to himself, right? Like this, this show is so clearly therapy for him. You know, he was in the middle of his career right now and he had had these hits, but he was feeling stuck and he saw his exact life in the life of George Seurat and it, rather than trying to say something radical, he just tried to tell his own story. And in that way, it's resonated with so many people and so many artists. So it's just he's living in the lava in this show, too. It's just such a good reminder. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes if you are in the lava, either because in your career you're wrapping a project or I don't know, there's other things happen, right? You do a project and it's disappointing or you're like I said, you're putting in the drawer or um it, it will bring stuff up. And I think it's good to rely on other artists to help you uh, through that process. And I am going to just have to, I think, sit with that little kid who lives next door uh, and let her also have some space here and some oxygen and, and light. Let's just use the metaphor. She's going to need some light. Um, and I, I know, I also know in my heart that it will it will move through, it'll pass and I will process and it'll, I'll be inspired again. Um, and it's part of the reason I wanted to quick do this little mini episode because I said to Jeff and Lorian, uh, it's going to go. It's, it's, I'm here now in sitting in the lava. I'm sitting in, and by the way, we say lava cause it burns, but you know, lava is also incredibly beautiful. It is liar. It is fire and light and, and, uh, movement and, um, sitting in it right now. I can also experience that mm -hmm. even, you know, the, the strange beauty of being that child next door and how it did make me the artist that I am. And I can't 
ever wish it away because then I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be the storyteller that I am. So the lava isn't something just to get through and get rid of. We have to appreciate it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to say thank you and embrace that part of ourselves. Um, accept her. Um, so, and, and so much of this and that particular song that we just played, yes, it's move on, but with gratitude uh, and appreciation and acceptance um, so that I can move on to the next thing and stage of my career or life or whatever's going to happen. So um, thank you guys all for listening uh, to this little mini episode. I don't know. Maybe we're going to call it Meg's Lava. I don't know what we're going to call it. Um, <laughs> but um, thanks, you guys. And um, remember, keep writing and you are not alone. Finishing a hat. Starting on a hat. Finishing a hat. Look, I made a hat. Where there never was a hat. 